if it could make its way to the middle here, then that would be great. Um, but take one of these little prayer cards, and what I want you to do, as I move too close to the speaker, well done, Luke, is we're going to give you some time today. Take a little prayer card and take a pen, and over the month of August, like I said, there's going to be someone who's committing to pray for you every single day, and so if you know that someone is going to pray for you every single day for a month, what would you write on here? What are you going to write here? And I want you to fill out this bottom little section. I purposely made it small so you, you don't need an entire essay on there. But you should have plenty of room um, for a prayer request, for praising God for something. But if there is something that you would like someone to hold you up in prayer for, for the entire month of August, then I want you to write that down on this card. And maybe you need some time to think about it. So later... You can write it down and fill it out. But whenever you're done filling this out, I want you to drop it in the giving box in the back. So right in the back there, we have our box. We collect tithes and offerings, and we're going to collect these as well. And so whenever you're ready, feel free to get up and to drop it in that box as well. Um, But we're going to do this for the next two weeks. So for two weeks, because I know it's a beautiful weekend. A lot of people are camping, so they get another option next week for it. But if they're camping for three weeks in a row, then they miss out. And so we get two weeks here. To write a request, feel free to make it anonymous. If you don't want to put your name on it, that's fine. But if you'd like to put your name on it, then that's fine as well. Feel free to place your name if you sense that's what God is calling you in that moment. But I just want to give you some time here to write that request. And then in the month of August, we're going to distribute these. We're going to pass it back through, and we're going to draw prayer requests. And then you're going to take one of these home and commit to praying for them for the entire month. And so during this time, I'm going to give you a minute to share to write that down of what you'd like prayer for. Um, But in the meantime, we're also going to pray right now. We're not just going to wait until the month of August. And so if you have a request, if you have something that God has done in your life that you're thankful for, um, please raise your hand, let us know, and Matt will make his way to you. Yeah. Um, This week could have been really, really hard because I had an organic chemistry exam and a bunch of other stuff. And I'm waking up at, like, 5, 5 a.m. now, and that's really hard for me. But <laughs> um, but there were, like, a lot of things to look forward to, a lot of, like, people that I got to see, and all of it really blessed me. So, mm. And somebody random just, like, prayed for me. <laughs> they called me looking for my dad's phone number. Um, his name is Gordon. He's just, like, a general ministry guy. He just does ministry as his job. And I, I don't, he's not a pastor, so I don't really know what he does, but, <laughs> but he called he me. prays for people? Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, can I pray for you? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And so he just, he was praying and then he was like, he just kept on praying and kept on praying. And he was like, I'm sorry that went so long. And I was like in tears. <laughs> I was like, it's okay. <laughs> Thank you. Aww. So yeah. So lots of, lots yeah. of cool things. That's great. God worked even in a week that looked really hard. (laughs) So next time you guys accidentally call a wrong number, be like Gordon. That's that's awesome. That's a really cool story. Thanks for sharing that. Two weeks ago, we were at uh, a conference for the uh, CMA chaplains. And I just wanted to know, we have some phenomenal chaplains who are involved in many different areas uh, of ministry, but we also have a number of chaplains who are working uh, at high levels in the government to uh, just help things move along the way they should, and with 
without going into all the details, but I just encourage you to be in prayer for the chaplains. There are military chaplains, but there are also hospital chaplains, there's police chaplains, uh, all who are licensed through the chaplaincy, and which is where our li- my license comes from, is through the chaplains uh, for, um, for the CMA. So anyway, pray for them. They're great people, and uh, it's pretty exciting all that, all that they're involved with. That's cool. Yeah, that's good to keep them in mind, and I'm glad that you get to go gather together with the whole chaplain family there, because that's important work, like you said. That's great. Yeah, Luke, jump in the front. All right, so uh, I got engaged like a month ago. I think Woo! most people know that by now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the fun thing that comes with engagement is wedding planning. It's going okay, um, but there's a lot of, like, stuff I never realized you had to pay for and stuff I never realized cost, you know, $1,500. Um, for those of you who got married, you're like, well, duh. Oh, sorry, never done this before. Um, but so I guess just pray yeah. for us to find good, cheap options. And, yeah, just it would be nice to get it figured out at least a venue figured out before the school year starts. Um, So just pray for us for figuring out how we're going to afford all that and just good options for everything. That's good, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Pray for all the details to get worked out in the midst of all that joy. Corinne. Hi, everybody. My name is Corinne, if you haven't met me. Um, I just spent a long while at home um, because I had some car issues and couldn't leave. (laughs) So... Um, it was good, but I'd like to ask for prayer for my little sister. Um, you all have been praying for her a lot recently, and I really thank you all for that. Um, she's still involved in the Mormon church that she was baptized into, um, but recently she's been going to a church in the springs with my mom. Um, I've got to visit this church a few times, um, and they're really amazing there. So um, she's been coming out of those services honestly really confused Mm -hmm. um so prayers that um god's just doing a work in her and that my mom would be able to answer questions that she has and um also prayers for my mom that she wouldn't be um bitter or hurt yeah 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 sharing that we'll be praying for your family we really have a soft spot for corinne's family because they host us when we take our trip down to mexico down in Colorado Springs, and so, man, it's been great to meet them. They're amazing, and we're really, yeah, really holding them up in prayer during this time. Um, I'd just like to offer uh, praise to God. Um, we had some friends that uh, have a relatively new baby, and have been struggling financially, and God has given us the ability to um, be fortunate enough to have enough money to be able to help them financially um, to get them through this difficult time, so we were able to do that, which... I also kind of felt obligated to, to help because I endowed them with a brand new puppy yesterday, which <laughs> brings its own expenses. <laughs> but they provide so much else, and, right? You know, also, I, I hope through that monetary gift and that gift of the puppy that um, my friend Axel is um, able to become closer um, to God because mm. he's presently of the belief that his intellect and his faith are mutually exclusive. And I just hope that, you know, God can reach in and touch his heart and realize him that you can be intelligent and still have faith. And I hope I can help him mm. with that journey. So That's awesome. You guys are great for leading with generosity there. We pray for them, for that family, for Axel, the new baby in town. 
two new babies, I guess, for the puppy. Hello. Uh, so, could really use some prayers for my roommate right now. He's got some uh, uh, alcohol abuse issues mm. that could really use some prayer. Uh, he's probably going to go to rehab in the next month or something for that. Uh, he's also just got some kind of major relationship mm. issues with people in his life right now that kind of leads to the other problem. So, yeah. just prayers for that. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Thanks. We'll be praying for your roommate and glad that you're at least able to be there but that's hard that living with alcohol as a master there we pray for them well i know many of you have been hearing about this but please pray for carrie next tuesday because that's when he has his surgery yeah has a surgery but we're expecting him to come out feeling a whole lot better right be running skipping that was tuesday Tuesday the 2nd. At 9 a.m., we're all going to pray for your surgery. Or Deal. Hi, I'm Nick. Uh, so today is the beginning of uh, the last week of Camp Halawasa, yeah. Senior High Week. Uh, they've had elementary and middle school week. And so this is the one, I think, where they were facing the most staff challenges as far as having people there. So if you'd just remember to pray for the campers uh, this week, that they have just a solid engagement with Jesus. Uh, pray for the speaker. Pray for uh, the staff. Uh, just pray overall for uh, this week at Camp Palo Alto. Yeah. yeah, that's a good reminder. We know Logan and Caleb Crossman are off leading that right now, so they are having fun with I think they have 32 high schoolers, so that's pretty cool. Then Daniel Crossman led the middle school, and he had over 60 middle schoolers. So sounds like a fun time at camp, so we're really praising God for that, but praying for energy for them. I know some of you who have helped with camp in the past are like, wow, we struggled with 52 last year, and they had 60. So pretty cool. All right. Dayton, uh, yesterday our neighborhood had a remembrance for a woman who lived down the road from us who was an amazing believer with uh, quite a story that I won't go into. It's just amazing and unbelievable what uh, she went through and where she ended up as a mentor to many other believers. And uh, It's kind of a, we were just talking about on the way into town, that would might be a good springboard for uh, creating a small group in our neighborhood because mm. there are believers and people who weren't there, yeah. and so it might create an opportunity. Mm. That'd be great. All right, we'll, we'll pray for you guys as you consider doing that, consider leading that, and maybe continuing on that legacy of faith that, that she started. Hopefully, that's that's what all this do is we inspire others to to follow Jesus better like that. That is all. Um, hopefully you wrote some of these down, or if not, I can see other people did. And so grab them and see if you can get those prayer requests so that you can pray about them this week. And then reminder about this. Um, during this time, uh, maybe you heard something there that was a trigger for you to, to know what exactly it is that you're going to be asking for prayer for. So I would encourage you, um, please fill this out. Please take this 
as an opportunity um, to be held up by common ground in prayer. And so with that, let's go ahead and bow our heads and we'll turn to God. Um, so Father God, uh, we just thank you for this family here. We thank you for Common Ground Church, for how these people love one another, for how they love you, and how they seek to glorify you in everything. God, as these requests have been shared, um, some of the praises like with Emily's hard week, just having the, the corner turned, and in the face of that, having seemingly a random stranger praying for her, it's just such a good reminder that, that you were the one um, who did this work, that we're going to give you full credit for this week going well. And so we just give you full credit, and we just praise you for some of the things that are good that are going on in our midst. Like Emily's hard week turning out good, like Mark's conference with the chaplains, like with Luke's wedding planning and just all the difficulty that's happening there, but yet we see your goodness in it as you bring these two together. Um, and with Corinne's family, as even in the midst of this hard circumstance, we know that there's hope that you are working on Molly's heart and that you are working through her family to bring Molly back to you. We praise you um, for Josh and Kayla's ability to be a blessing to a friend. And so, God, we pray that more would happen than just a blessing of finances. But, God, we pray that, that Axel would come to know you. Um, would you meet him in that place where he thinks um, <laughs> it's off limits for you? God, would you meet him in his mind? Would you meet him in that place where he doesn't think that you're at? God, we just praise you um, for the work happening at Camp Alwasa, for, for Carrie's surgery this upcoming week. We just pray that you would be with him, with the doctors, with the family, and we just can't wait for the other side of it. And he feels a lot better. And for just the praise that Dayton and Eileen are able to, to remember this neighbor who is such a good picture of you and what you can do in the life of someone. And so, so much, God, that we just give you full credit for and we praise you for. And God, there are still situations in which we're asking you to work. We're asking you to continue to work in Corinne's sister. We're asking you to work in Isaac's roommate um, as he struggles through just one thing after another in his life. We just pray that you would empower Isaac um, to be just a witness to you, to be a help in that situation. And God, in all these things, we trust you. As we have seen you work in the past, we have big expectations for what you can do in the future. And so God, would you continually make us a people of prayer, people who are not afraid to approach you, who trust that you are the God who hears us, who sees what's done in secret. And so God, over the next month, over the next few weeks, would you bring us towards honesty in our prayer? Would you bring us towards authenticity? Would you bring us um, to a place of trust in you? And would you empower us, remind us of this call to pray for one another as we receive these requests, as we remember those that were sitting around this morning, that we would be a people who, who enter your presence, not just for ourselves, but even for others, God. I just pray that you would make us a people who would be willing to do that. And we thank you for that access. We thank you for inviting us to, to have, have our voice heard by you. We just thank you and we love you. And so now, God, as we turn to your word, uh, we close our mouths and we want to hear from you we want to hear from you and so would you work through me would you work through your word would you work through the circumstances in our lives in which your son was teaching us and leading us and, and changing us so that we would truly know that you are holy and that you are calling us to be your representatives on this earth so jesus we just give you this time to do with it what you will 
And it's in your holy name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys. Thank you for entering into prayer there for all the sharing. And again, if you need to walk up and put something in the giving box at any point during the service, I give you permission. Okay? You have permission. Um, But now we're going to transition into our time of teaching where we have been working through the Sermon on the Mount. And the Sermon on the Mount is a collection. It's a section of Matthew's Gospel that is kind of a collection of some of Jesus' most famous or most significant teachings here. Um, And right before the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus began his public ministry by announcing, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And then he called all these people to follow him, started gathering disciples, and he brings all of these new followers, all of these disciples, to a mountainside, and he begins to teach. And he teaches on what it looks like for us to live into this kingdom, this kingdom of heaven that is near. What do people who live as citizens of this kingdom of heaven look like? How is it that he is calling us and empowering us to work and to live? And what he's shown, one, is that our lives really matter. The way that we live our lives matters. And Jesus began the Sermon on the Mount with the Beatitudes, right? It's this declaration of blessing of who is part of the kingdom of heaven. And then he went into this whole section of some very practical areas of our lives, which we've been in for a little while now, um, about how Jesus' followers are called to be salt and light. How we're to view the Bible as pointing to him. Um, How we're called to avoid hatred, murder, adultery, divorce, dishonesty, revenge. And how instead of hating our enemies, like we talked about last week, how Jesus calls us to love everyone, including our enemies. And so Jesus went through all of these practical ways. All of the ways in which we might want to live, or the ways that we might naturally live if we are citizens of the kingdom of earth. And then he contrasted that with the ways of citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And he showed us that. But today now, as we enter chapter 6, Jesus is going to go even deeper. Um, Because while he's been teaching on a lot of practical things now, what he's going to get into now is not just those good things that we do or the bad things that we don't do. Now he's getting into our motivations. Now he's getting into even those good things things that we might do. He says there's even a danger as we follow him in that way. There even is a danger as we pursue the good things he's called us to. That there actually is a danger of doing all these good things for the wrong reasons. And Jesus is going to question the purpose for which we do everything. What's the purpose that you do all these good things? What's the purpose that you avoid? Maybe these other things. And so this question of purpose, I know, is something that many of us face in our lives, just about at every season. The question of, like, what is my purpose? What do I do with my life. And I know many of you who are younger in your 20s or in your college age, you're asking these questions um, for the first time in your life. As you start to consider the direction of your life, you're considering, what is my purpose? What am I supposed to do with my life? What is God calling me to? And I'll tell you from the perspective of, I'm going to identify with the older people in here, um, that this is something that you probably won't ever stop doing. Um, It's something that you'll probably do in every season of your life is stop and consider, like, what am I doing? What is my purpose? What is my motivation for this? What is the point of all this that I'm doing? And this passage that we're going to be in today actually gives us a really deep answer, I think, to that very question of what is my purpose. In fact, I think it even kind of shifts the question, not just to what is my purpose, but it's actually going to shift it and cause us to consider who is my purpose. Not just what am I doing, but who am I doing things for? And I think that might be a better place to anchor our purpose on. It's not just the things that we're doing, but even to take a step back, 
Who are we doing all of these things for in general? Who is my purpose? Now, when I was growing up, uh, the lead pastor of the church that I went to had the same last name as me. And so Fowler is not the most common name in the world. And so a lot of people just kind of assumed or thought that I was his son. This came with some benefits, but very few. Um, And there was one time when I was a freshman in high school, I got to suit up for a varsity football game. I was really excited about that. It was kind of a big honor that a freshman, I got to suit up to play varsity. And his son was a senior at the time and was one of the best wide receivers on the team, actually in the league. He was a really good football player. And so Steve, the pastor, was at the game, and he comes down and he greets me on the sidelines, and he says, you know, Evan, that's really awesome that you get to suit up for varsity. Congratulations. Good job. But here's the thing. You know, everyone up there thinks that you're my son. And so whatever you do, you better not drop any passes and shame the family. (laughs) And don't, we're in good relationship now. I love the guy. We're great. I do tease him about how, like, you probably shouldn't have said that to a 14-year-old, but he gets that. Um, But he said, you know, whatever you do, don't mess up because you're going to shame the family. And in that moment, I think it kind of made the temptation for me. I was kind of scared at the moment, but it made the temptation to think, like, oh, man, well, what am I playing for? Like, I'm playing, like to not shame the family and to, like, earn this guy's approval. The problem was, one, that guy's not even my dad, so why do I care? Um, But that's a bit of the tension that we're going to look at today, of the temptation then maybe to work for the wrong reasons or even for the wrong people. And essentially, the wrong people are any people. What we're going to see is that whatever you do, um, whoever you do it for, what Jesus is going to teach in this section is let God be the focus of that, that God is the one that we work for, that God is the one we live for, God is the one that we do everything with the intent of pleasing, that our purpose in this life is to glorify and to please God and no one else, and no one else. And so we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. We're going to read from verse 1 to verse 6, and then we're going to skip the Lord's Prayer and read verses 16 through 18. Don't be afraid that we're skipping the Lord's Prayer. We're going to cover that in a few weeks, I promise, but I want to spend a whole week on it. But I also hope that you see in the process, as we skip the Lord's Prayer, notice something. Notice that the Lord's Prayer is this famous, significant portion of Scripture in which we hang so much of our theology on what it means to communicate with God and to pray with God. And in the context here, Jesus almost threw it out as an example. Because that's how important Jesus' words are, that even just these little examples are the very words that we hang on to, like, for life and death. Like, even Jesus' little side comments are everything to us. And so we'll skip that, we'll come back to it. But what we're looking at is what he's teaching all around that. And it's that we are called to live with God as our purpose. And so beginning in verse 1, follow along with the words on the screen, or with the Bible in your hand. Jesus says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be done in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you that they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, 
and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Skip down to verse 16. And when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Okay, so for Jesus, he's clearly teaching that right behavior is not enough, right? Our motivations, our purpose matters. And that we're all in the danger of caring a lot more about just looking good than actually being good. Now, here's the thing. As I'm up here right now, I'm teaching from the Bible. And I think that's a really good thing. I think it's a good thing. But that could be a bad thing if I have the wrong motives, right? And you... You probably don't know my motives. I mean, some of you can guess because you might know me or maybe you have, like, your assumptions. And so you might guess. And you might, because you know me, you might think, well, yeah, um, I must be up here teaching from the Bible because, you know, I just love Jesus Jesus with all my heart and I want to serve him. Um, and I love you guys and I want to serve you and help you. And when I considered what I wanted to do with my life, I want to do something that would help people. And what better way to help people than to help them follow Jesus? And, Maybe you could think that I'm up here doing it for that reason. Who knows? I might be. Or it could be up here, you know, because it's like a job. And, you know, I would like a job where I have weekends and holidays off, but nobody else wants to do this. And so here I am. Um, could be doing it for that reason. Uh, or maybe I'm up here because I like the sound of my own voice. And I like authority. And I like getting to just, like, talk to you guys and boss you around. And maybe because one day I want to sell some books and I need to kind of build a following. Uh-huh. Or maybe this is helps me for growing my Instagram followers, um, and it helps me in that way. Maybe that's the reason, right? But either way, full disclosure, it's a bit of a mixed bag, I'll admit, that I am up here, I think, for some good reasons, and honestly, I'm up here for some not-so-good reasons that I, that I have to deal with every single day. But I guarantee I'm not the only one, right? Because I know that some of you are going to wake up for work tomorrow, and you're going to go into work, and it's not going to be just 100% like, I'm serving the Lord, I am contributing to bringing God's kingdom to this earth through what I'm doing today, and everything I do, I'm working as if for the Lord, right? Is that how you feel tomorrow at 7.30 a.m., all the time, every single day? No, there probably comes a point where you do feel like that, where you recognize, like, yeah, I work for the Lord, and this is contributing to God's will on earth. Um, and then there are probably other times where you're thinking like, ah, just give me my paycheck. What am I doing here? Wasting my life. I think we can all acknowledge that there are some times when our motivations and our purpose in what we're doing shifts a little bit. That we are all a bit of a mixed bag when it comes to our purposes. And so I think the question that we all have to ask ourselves is why am I doing this good thing? What is my purpose? And obviously I think the better question is who is my purpose? Am I doing this for God? Am I doing this for the purpose of pleasing God, of working for God who sees what is done in secret. And Jesus here, he picked three spiritual practices or spiritual disciplines that he used as examples for this. Um, these are good, godly things. These are some of the best things that we could spend our lives doing, right? Giving to the needy, prayer, fasting, some of the best things. But even in doing these good things, Jesus says there is a danger. Be careful. Be alert, he says. He says, watch out for the temptation 
to do these things in front of others to be seen by them. In front of others to be seen by them. All right? And the first spiritual practice that he chooses is giving to the needy. Um, and I won't go too far into this because I think he wasn't teaching on this. Rather, he's just teaching on the dangers of doing this in the right way. Jesus actually just assumes that we're all doing this. He's like, when you give to the needy, right? Which maybe that is all you need to hear, that, oh, this is just kind of an expectation <laughs> that you're giving to the needy. Because it's interesting. Um, the Jews, they actually had rules on how much they could give to the needy because people just tended to be so generous. Like They just expected tithing and giving as worship as part of it, but then they had these extra offerings that were used for the needy. And they actually had to put rules in place where you were not allowed to give more than 20% of your income because they didn't want people putting themselves and their families in poverty out of generosity. So they actually had some rules in place. We probably don't need those rules in place. But nonetheless, this is the culture Jesus is speaking into. And Jesus is just expecting this to be done. And he says, when you're doing it, careful not to do it in order to be seen by them. And now what I think he means by this is it's not that nothing we do can be done in public and that we can't ever tell anyone about generosity um, because just a page back a few weeks ago when we were talking about being the light of the world, Jesus said, let your light shine that they may see your good works and glorify God your Father in heaven, right? And so Jesus said there are times things need to be shared, especially acts of generosity. That's such an inspiration to others and that could lead others to be more generous as well. But I think the emphasis is on see your good works and glorify God your Father. And so when Jesus is talking about not being seen by others, it's not a matter of like public or private. It's a matter of is the purpose of what we're doing, is the purpose of us sharing to glorify us or to glorify God? And that's, I think, the test that we have to run when we're considering, okay, I'm doing this Jesus-y thing. Do I tell others about it? Well, I mean, the simple test is, is this glorifying to God or glorifying to me? What is my purpose? What are my motivations here? Because at times, obviously, there are things that need to be broadcasted to the world. I mean, we share some of the things we're doing. We're sharing that we're building this trailer. We're sharing that we're doing these things. And we want to hear that. And we recognize the importance of sharing our testimonies for glorifying God. But the test is, does this glorify God or is this glorifying me? So Jesus is not saying, hide everything. Don't tell anyone. He's saying that when you do good works, just don't do it to show off. Don't do it to look good in front of others. And that's why I think that key line is to be seen by them. To be seen by them. To be noticed by them, some of your versions might say. And that word there for seen comes from the Greek word theotomai, or in the bigger case, theotonai. And that's actually the word from which we get our English word theater. And so what Jesus is saying is don't put on a theater for everyone. Don't do this just as a display. Right? Don't show off in this way. And here when it comes to giving to the needy and preventing this theatrical act of giving, Jesus says, do not announce it with trumpets. Um, and as far as we know, there were not people who were actually announcing it with trumpets. Um, that wasn't actually a thing. But I think this is a bit of hyperbole and a play on words from Jesus, actually. Because you see what they had in place is they had their altar where you would take your money for worship, but they had a separate, basically like their benevolence account um, in the synagogue there that was in this big shape of a trumpet. And so this is the money that would go to the needy. And so when you walk into worship, you have this big 
trumpet-shaped giving box there. And look at that guy. He's like dumping his coins in there. And so we have a giving box here. And Jesus is not saying, like, don't pick it up and, like, throw it in there. But obviously you can imagine if that thing's made of metal, and back in the day they actually had, like, physical money, right, believe it or not. I had to go dig everywhere to find some pennies. But he's saying, like, when you do it, like, maybe don't, like, try to do it so loudly. Can you imagine if someone's up there just doing one at a time? I'm still going. I'm really generous. Or, like, seeing how far you could shoot them. That's probably what I would do from far away. But that's what Jesus is saying, is that you are playing the giving box like an instrument. This is to help poor people. And you are making a performance there with your little song dropping your coins in. And so that's what he's saying here is don't announce it with trumpets. And Jesus invokes the name here. He says, if you do that, then this is what the hypocrites do. And hypocrites, as we know, is obviously a derogatory term in our day. But it was actually just a technical term in that day for an actor. It was someone who was acting. And so he's saying that these people are displaying religious activity But it's all just for show. It's all just a theatrical act. They're just acting to show off. It's not real. They don't actually care about helping the needy. They're not actually doing this as an act of worship. They're doing it for their own glory. They're playing this trumpet in the back. They're making their giving as loud as possible so that everybody knows what a generous, great person they are. And Jesus says that these religious activities here, they're being hypocrites. They're actors. They're not real. And I know many of you know, and you feel that religious hypocrisy is a problem, right? I know that religious hypocrisy really bothers the non-Christian world, and it really bothers many of you, and it really bothers me, right? Because we know that, like, how disgusting is it when following Jesus, when religious activity is just used to benefit ourselves? But what Jesus actually is after here is not even just hypocrisy in itself. But Jesus, if you continue reading, he says that these people do this, and then they've received their reward in full. So Jesus says that if if you were doing things for the approval of others and to impress people, like, good for you. You can do that. But that will be all that you get. That'll be the end of it. And so I think it's kind of interesting that Jesus is not necessarily... Um, telling us not to do things for rewards. He's just saying that if the reward you seek is the attention, the approval of others, like you're setting your sights too low. Like you, you can do that. If you're looking to impress others, that's pretty easy to do. You'll get that. But Jesus says there's so much more that you could do. So much more that you could receive. You should be seeking the approval from your Father in heaven instead. And many of you know this. Because many of you have achieved and received the approval and the attention of others. And some of you have done very well in school. You've got great grades. Um, you've got promotions in work. You've been very successful in your work. You had families that loved you and told you they were proud of you. And many of you have gotten a lot of attention and approval. Has it been enough? No. Has it ever feel like it's enough? Maybe some of you are like, oh, yeah, I get told all the time. Well, that's not me, so good for you. But I think we recognize that it's never going to be enough. If you're getting the attention, the approval from others, from people, you can never actually get enough. It will never be enough to satisfy, to be what we truly want. 
And Jesus then says, he uses these other examples of prayer. He says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't be like these actors, because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they could be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Right? He's saying, if your goal is to impress people in prayer, easy. You could do that. That's a pretty achievable goal. But he's saying, wouldn't you rather gain the attention and the approval from your God in heaven, from your Father in heaven? Because these people, they're concerned about the whole town hearing them, not necessarily if God hears them. And how much more would we rather, if nobody hears our prayers, but God the Father, who actually knows what we need, who actually can supply what we need, to be the one to hear it? Like, what's the purpose that we're doing things for? And then the same issue is at play with fasting. In verse 16, where we skip down to, he said, when you fast, don't look somber as the hypocrites do, right? Like, your, your pouty lip isn't fooling anybody. He says, they disfigure their faces to show others that they're fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Everybody feels bad for them. Great. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, right? Like, take a shower, stop dressing like an emo, so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And he uses the example of fasting here, which is really ironic, because the point of fasting, right, it's to, to starve the flesh, to feed the spirit, right? It's to make a powerful declaration that there's nothing in this world I want more than God, not even food, not even a basic thing. And so I would give up food just to have the attention, the presence of God. And here... With this powerful act of fasting, where it's supposed to be declaring that there's nothing else you want more than God, they're very much declaring there's nothing else they want more than the attention of others. I mean, how, how twisted is that? And we actually had a bit of an exercise in that today, didn't we? At least it was for me. Because when you got that little prayer card, at least when I thought about this, when I got that little prayer card, and we have the option to put our names on it or not, at first, I'm thinking, okay, well, I just won't be too like vulnerable or too transparent with my prayer requests if I'm going to put my name on it, because I really don't want someone like in a few weeks to pick up my card and to think like, wow, this was written by Evan. <laughs> What's wrong with him? How on earth did he become a pastor? You know, and I'm, I'm kind of a little afraid of that happening. And so I'm thinking, okay, if I put my name on it, can't be that open. I can't be that transparent. And then in another moment, I have this other thought where I realize, no, no, no. If I put my name on something very vulnerable, very transparent, well, I know that your average Joe doesn't have the courage to do that. And so if someone gets my request and they see how honest and open I've been and they see that I put my name on it, then they'll say, wow, like, Evan is so self-aware and he's so brave, you know, like, what, what an inspiration. And honestly, oy, honestly, like, this went through my heart. And I hope I'm not the only one. I might be the only one this crazy. But that little thing was going on in my heart and mind during that time. And so let this little exercise of sharing prayer requests maybe be a test to us of, are we doing this to glorify ourselves, to make ourselves look better? Or are we doing this like Jesus is instructing with prayer and fasting here, simply for the purpose of God hearing us? Are you writing the prayer request on there as if you... God's the only one that sees it. God's the only one who knows it. Is God the purpose that you're writing on this? And I think that's a good little test for us right there. And so, I hope, one, 
I'm not the only one who feels that way, but I know that I'm probably not because we want to please people. We, we struggle with this, and that, that has always kind of been one of my biggest struggles in ministry is wanting to be a people pleaser, in wanting to make everyone happy with it, you know? Like, I would love nothing more than after every Sunday someone comes up to me and goes like, wow, that was the best, longest sermon ever. I love long sermons with a lot of information in them. You know, like, I live for that. And so my temptation is always, like, to people please. And there are times when, like, I'm sitting down in prayer and I'm trying to consider, God, what is it that you're calling me to communicate to these people? And I sense very clearly, God, this is what you're calling me to communicate to these people. And then I start to think, but I kind of wonder how, like, he's going to take it. I wonder if she's going to like it. Uh, maybe I won't say that because I know that's going to offend this person. And there are times when I truly feel, like, trapped thinking about the approval and the attention of others. I truly feel like it, it wants to send me off course where instead of pleasing God, I honestly sometimes feel trapped wanting to please people. And this, this is a real struggle. And this is something that I guarantee I'm probably not the only one that deals with. Because as Lane and I are preparing um, to have a child this December, you know, we've been kind of reading and studying on babies. I know nothing. And in one of the books that we're reading, it's just talking about how important it is um, to give attention and approval to young children. And how the reality is that we literally come out of the womb crying for attention. And that doesn't really change over the course of our life very much. Um, but they're talking about just how important it is in the young stages and how kids, as they grow up, they'll just regularly say, like, watch me, watch me, watch this. And some of you parents can affirm this. That's something that they do a lot. And in this adult baseball league that I play in here in town, one of my teammates, he brings his little eight-year-old son to all the games. And this little kid is just running around tirelessly to catch all the foul balls. And there was a game recently when he actually made this, like, amazing catch way out in foul territory, and he came running in with the ball, and he goes up to one of the other teammates, and he says, like, did you see that catch that I made? And my teammate's like, no, sorry, bud, didn't see it. And so the kid just, like, looks really disappointed and just sets the ball down and walks out. You could tell he was like, oh, nobody saw it. What was the point? And my other teammate, who was this kid's dad, was standing a little ways off, and he just said, dude, you should have told him you saw it, because now he's going to, like, not rest until you do. (laughs) And he is going to want your attention every other ball. And that is what happened. This kid was like nonstop running around trying to get every foul ball. And all he wanted was someone to smile and say, yes, I saw that. Good job. He wasn't asking for money. He wasn't asking for anything huge, but he just wanted someone to recognize that he'd done a good job and give him that attention, that approval there. And we laugh and we think, okay, that's pretty cute, you know, but that's like a little kid thing. But it was actually that exact same game when I felt like I played very well, um, I pitched a few innings, and I was striking fools out, and then I went, and I played in the field, and I made a lot of good plays, and I even had some hits at the plate, and I felt really good about the way that I played. But it was also 100 degrees, and so probably not the best for pregnant Lena to be sitting out in the hot sun for three hours, and so she wasn't at the game. She actually went out to dinner with friends. And so I played great, and I should be really happy about that, but honestly, it wasn't really the same if Lena wasn't there. It's like, well, she didn't really get to see it. Will wasn't even there. He didn't even get to see it. And what is that in us that just is not satisfied with not having the approval, the attention of others, right? Because this is something 
that I think we struggle with a lot. And that is why Jesus gives these examples, and that is why Jesus talks so much about this. Because it is our natural bent and our temptation and our desire to gain the approval and the attention of others. Not just God. And I know many of us know, whether it be through some of the scientific research that we know about, or just through experience, that this drive to seek attention and approval, when that is what you know people make their entire life's purpose towards, we know that it doesn't always turn out good, does it? On a very light, maybe stereotypical note, it can play out in like the big truck or maybe the fancy sports car, right? Or like never wearing enough clothes just to show that like you work out a lot. That can happen. But on a more serious note, it can often play out in people who are constantly belittling or degrading or insulting others to make themselves feel good, right? Or it can just lead to a host of other problems. And I know for many of us, we feel this on a daily basis, right? The need to present ourselves, the need to impress others, the need to, in subtle ways, brag about how good we are at this, how good we are at that. And we all have our different things that we want to gain the attention and the approval of others through. Obviously, we see this in a very easy way in social media, where where we all know that the purpose of it is to curate a good image for others so you can impress others, right? But maybe... This plays out in some of our lives in other ways. Maybe it's through um, your education, being able to share that you're in these really hard classes, that you're doing all this work, being able to share the degrees you have, and maybe working into every conversation just how smart you are, right? I know this is a struggle, and I promise I'm not against education. I actually have a master's degree, and I really want all of you to know that, to impress you and to gain your approval. But we use that as a status symbol. Or a lot of the times we use our things, our possessions, um, the tools we own, the things we're able to do, um, the cars we drive, the clothes we wear. We use that to impress others, to gain attention and approval. Or maybe some of us, and this is kind of a common one, where it's not popular in our friend circles to have like an easy, luxurious life. And so we brag about how bad our lives are. We brag about how hard it is. We brag about like, yeah, you know, my house is such a fixer-upper. It's falling apart. I'm not like those guys with a nice house. No way. I'm suffering. I just work 70 hours. I don't sleep. My life's so hard. And we brag about those things because we know that's what we get attention and approval from our circles with. I think many of us know that we have these areas in our life where we struggle, where we maybe even feel trapped, where we feel like we're running on a hamster wheel to gain the attention and the approval of others. Proverbs 29, verse 25, says that fear of man will prove to be a snare But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. So I know when we all face these temptations to gain the approval and the attention of others, to do things just to improve our own self-image, we're wondering, like, is there freedom? Is there change that can happen? Frankly, the answer is yes. And the great thing about Jesus is he doesn't just point out the problem and leave us with this to be like, all right, good luck not trying this this week. But he gives us solutions. You know, he says when it comes to prayer, Go home and pray in secret. He says, when fasting, clean yourself up. Don't make a big deal about it. And he says, when it comes to giving to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And I know some of you who have felt enslaved by the attention and the approval of others have been just held back from so many things, and it's it's been crippling for you. And I think the invitation from Jesus here is this week to go maybe do one of these spiritual practices, Maybe do one of these good things and to do it only for God. 
to go give to the needy, to pray. Uh, Maybe you try fasting this week. And don't tell anyone about it. Like, Jesus gives us a pretty simple application here. Like, it sounds funny, but I think this can be a huge step for many of us from just being free of that snare of needing the attention, the approval of others, right? Like, maybe while I'm gone on vacation this week, you, like, pick up a piece of trash in the church or, like, you clean something in dark um, and you don't make a big deal about it. Don't tell anyone. You just trust that the God who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And that all the work you do, it doesn't need to be seen by others, and you don't need to gain that approval from others because you know as well as anyone that you'll never get enough of that anyway, that you've gotten that in the past. But truly, we seek the approval and the attention from God. And so this is really my application for you this week, right? That when you go out, I think this week, maybe it be prayer, fasting, giving to the needy, something that Jesus does. Go out and do the Jesus stuff. Whatever that means for you. Maybe it's a spiritual discipline. Whatever it is, go out and do that this week. And just pause and consider the God who sees what's done in secret will reward you. Like Just pause and recognize that he's seen it, that he was there, he was present, and let that be enough. Be aware of his pleasure. Be aware of of his joy, that you're following him with your life, regardless of if anyone else sees. And just in that moment, recognize that you serve nobody but God. And Jesus gave us these examples, and so I think it's very doable. But this really is what I want to leave you with this morning. If you have ever felt ensnared by the attention and the approval of others, then as Jesus said here, go do the Jesus stuff and do it in secret, right? I don't think we have to make a big deal about it. Don't worry if anybody finds out about it. But just don't make a big deal about it. Know that God sees it. Know that he's pleased with you. Don't think that you're like earning his love in the process, because obviously you already have that. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have that. You're in a relationship with him. You're good. And I don't know what the reward Jesus is talking about is here. So maybe don't fill in the blank there with what you think that might be. But nonetheless, just trust that he will. Trust that that approval, that attention, that reward is enough. But now I know I'm probably some of you are sitting here thinking, like, I have never cared what people think about me. <laughs> what are you talking about? And I believe you. I know that some of you don't have that issue. You have other issues that we'll talk about later, but that's okay. <laughs> but if that is where you are feeling, where you're like, honestly, I don't feel like I do anything for the approval of others. Um, Well, I think for you, you can consider what are you doing for your own glory that maybe God should be getting glory instead? Um, Or what needs to change in order for God to be reflected and to gain glory instead of yourself? What do you need to change in order for you to get no glory and for God to get glory instead? And so if that's you, where honestly, you don't struggle with this. You're just like, man, Evan is real self-conscious. He's the only one with that issue. Then would you consider that? What do you need to change in order for you to get no glory and for God to get glory instead? And for the rest of us who are trying to catch up there, I would say to do one of those spiritual practices. Do some of the things that you saw Jesus do in his life and don't tell anyone about it. Just know that the Father sees it in secret. And I firmly believe that when we follow Jesus in this way, as he has given us this beautiful option of freedom here, 
that we can rest, we can achieve, honestly, our true purpose, that we don't have to run on this hamster wheel of trying to figure out what that means. Because I think our true purpose really is to live for God. It's to be a reflection of him in this world, to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, even while we live in the kingdom of earth. And so lean into that this week. Do a spiritual practice in secret, or consider, maybe what do I need to change in order for me not to get any glory, any attention, but for it all to go to God? Let's pray, and we'll continue on in worship. So, Father, we thank you for being a loving, patient God. And it's truly our desire to please you with everything that we do. Uh, We repent for the many times that we seek the approval of others. And we recognize that when we get it, it's not enough. So, God, we truly, we just want to please you. Would you help us to do that this week? Would you reveal what this practice is that you're calling us to? and, And just give us the strength to do it for no other audience but you. And God, we recognize the many ways in which we seek our own glory. We seek credit for ourselves. We seek to make ourselves look good. We repent of that, and we ask that you would show us what we need to change in order to shift the focus, the glory, the praise onto you. And so, Jesus, now as we move into worship, we give it all to you. Would you be pleased with our song that we present to you now? So, Jesus, we love you. It's in your hand that we pray. Amen. just to bring something that's a word that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song, for a song is, is not one you have required. You search much Jesus, though I'm weak and 
song in your song. It's not one you have required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my Remember about your prayer card. Write down your request. Put it in the giving box, and we'll have another opportunity next week. Um, but as you get, go, would you go with the words of Colossians 3 as you consider that you're not called to please anyone but your Heavenly Father? Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And whatever you do, work it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, so whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Grace and peace, common ground. Thank you for coming. Have a wonderful week.